This is episode 214, Stop Stressing About Being Single with Jessica. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. Please don't let the title of today's episode stop you from listening if you don't relate to stressing that about being single. This is a great call to listen to no matter what your current relationship status, because so much of what we speak about is about self-acceptance, which we all could use a little more of. This episode is very close to my heart because Jessica is really longing for a relationship and is starting to doubt if it will ever happen and having a hard time accepting herself and her current relationship status. I loved everything that came forward in this call. And one thing that I shared about in the program that Jessica is actually enrolled in is my program that I'm co-teaching with my husband, Stephanos, called Be the Queen. I have been asked ever since I met Steph, how did you do it? How did you call him in? How did you deal with being single? How did you surrender? Like a lot of questions. And so we decided to join up together because Steph gets a lot of questions from women too about how do I call in a man like you who's committed to growth and health and well-being and treats this woman like a queen, but also has his own mission and so on and so forth. So like I was saying, we decided to join forces and create this three-month immersive program that consists of live group coaching calls, a one-on-one intensive with Steph. You can also upgrade to VIP package where you get two with him and one with me. Curriculum that we are designing, a lot of bonuses, including my uh, breakup course, which is a great bonus because even if you haven't gone through a breakup recently, believe me, there's still stuff from your exes that you're carrying around. You can learn about everything the program offers and more details about it if you go to christinehassler.com slash be the queen. This filled up fast. We have four spots left. No joke, four spots left. And we're doing it November through Valentine's Day. I wanted to do it that time of the year because holidays were always the hardest for me. Halloween would come and that's when it just got harder. Then there was Thanksgiving, then there was Christmas, then there was New Year's, and then there was Valentine's Day. And there was just so much pressure not to be single during those times. So I really wanted to create a container of support during those times. So again, go to christinehassler.com slash be the queen. Another big, big announcement, and you're going to want to act on this fast. Enrollment for my signature spring retreat is open. Go to christinehassler.com slash spring dash retreat. That's going to be in the show notes to apply. You can check out everything on the page there. This is a weekend where you will release self-sabotage, heal past pain, and reclaim your confidence so you can have peace, power, and purpose honestly, and I'm sorry, this one's just for the ladies. Ladies, this is years and years and years of therapy in one weekend. If you benefit from the podcast, oh my goodness, what you will get from this retreat is you can't even comprehend. I had so many people come last year who came because I listened to the podcast and their mind and hearts were blown wide open and they just couldn't believe how much value they got. You can check out some of the testimonials on the page. It is March 6th through 8th in San Diego. 
Get your spot now. There's an early bird discount. Again, christinehassler.com slash spring dash retreat. That's where you can apply. If you can't find the URL or if you have questions, you can email jill at christinehassler.com. All right. So as you're listening to this call with Jessica, consider, are you currently single or unhappy with your relationship status and are beginning to lose hope? Do you have an ex or maybe a couple of them who has hurt you or has said one thing and done another? Did you have a parent that was emotionally unavailable or inconsistent? Are you the kind of partner to yourself that you'd like your current or future partner to be to you? Keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Jessica. Before we dive in, I want to thank my partner for today's episode. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed professional counselor, caring professionals, specializing in the issues that you want to talk about. Have you ever thought about talking to someone but are unsure of where to start? You know, it's something I recommend frequently on the show. I ask people, do you have a therapist? Are you talking to a counselor? And usually the answer is no, and I recommend someone. Or if they are, I ask, are you feeling like you're making progress? Well, BetterHelp is a great place to start or even to look for a different therapist. You can schedule secure video and phone sessions or text your therapist worldwide, and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. You can join BetterHelp and get help at your own time and at your own pace. It's truly an affordable option for our Over It and On With It listeners, and you get 10% off your first month with discount code OVERIT. If you've been wanting to talk to someone, you can get started right now. Go to betterhelp.com slash over it. Simply fill out the questionnaire and get matched with the counselor you'll love. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash over it. And now on to my coaching session with Jessica. Jessica, welcome to the show. How can I help? Well, um, I recently turned 40 and had never been married and I really want to find my person and settle down and have a family, but I'm finding it really hard to accept my current reality and that it's possible for me, uh, for my dreams to come true. I've had a pretty crappy love life, mostly in the past six years, especially uh, my last relationship where I feel like I didn't follow my intuition because I really wanted it so badly. And been, you know, ended up with some emotionally unavailable and noncommittal men. Mm-hmm. So that's basically my situation. I know that you went through a long time of trying to find your one. So I was just wondering if you had any tips on how you kind of stayed motivated and hopeful. <laughs> I have lots of tips. That's why I'm doing a whole course on <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> um, I'm taking that course. Yay. Too, oh, perfect. Oh, perfect. So that's, that's wonderful. I'm so glad you're in Be the Queen. Let's go back and talk about the crappy love life. I'm sure it's not your favorite topic, but it's important in terms of being able to really turn the corner here. Why do you think that you drew in uncommittal men? I mean, I've done a lot of, you know, coaching and counseling and workshops and books. I mean, there's a few different theories, I guess. I think in the last six years, I mean, I was in a relationship for five years and when we broke up, I, you know, thought that I was already past my prime and I really need to find somebody. And when I finally found some, this guy, you know, he told me that he didn't want a wife on our first date. And I kind of just blew it off. Like I thought he was kidding. And then eight months later, you know, it was like, Oh, I'm not ready for this. And then broke up with me. Yeah, That was that relationship. And then again, about a year later, I met my last boyfriend and 
kind of the same thing where I just had this weird feeling inside of me where I just never really felt like he loved me and never really knew how he felt about me. I was always kind of anxious around him. He came from a really kind of tumultuous background where his mom and dad were married and divorced three times. A few months later, turns out he was like having second thoughts about having kids. And then a month later, he breaks up with me. And he was going through a lot of anxiety and depression, went on medication too. So, but it still came as like kind of a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. And that was about four months later, four months ago. So I'm t- still trying to process that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's a, that's a lot. Oh, no, no, no. It's not a lot like, oh my gosh, you're hopeless, but it's just, you are not alone. So me, somebody, my friends just have been through the ringer dating. So let me just go back a little farther into really thinking about your past and your childhood. Why do you think you have a pattern of bringing in men who are not fully honest. And I don't mean that they're necessarily deceitful, but honest with themselves and aren't really available. Well, I mean, I have done work and, you know, like I was saying with a counselor and we did kind of go back to my dad. So my dad was very impatient, angry my entire life. So I always kind of felt like I was a scared little girl, couldn't speak up for myself. I don't know what was really happening. Like when I was super young, my dad was away on like Navy ships for like my first three to five years in life. But I've always had kind of this weird relationship with my dad and he's since passed away. But, you know, even till the day he passed away, I was always kind of scared of him. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure that plays into my love life. Uh, yep. <laughs> yes. 1000% it does. And my ex-boyfriend had a super really, really bad temper where he would yell and he would like hit things. And I always voiced my concern, like, Hey, you're running my dad. And this is a trigger for me. So that was an issue with us too. Greg Braden says that so much of what we look for in relationships is what was either lost, taken away, or given away in childhood. And Mm -hmm. I love those three things because like, think of what we lost, our our innocence, our authenticity, our self-expression, our creativity. We could go on and on. What what was taken away, our sense of safety, um, our sense of confidence, our sense of trust, what we've given away because we've had to be a certain way. You know, we've given away our truth in so many ways. And so if you look at the relationship with your dad, you constantly were looking for one safety, love, validation, consistency, all those things. And just the fact that he was on naval ships and gone for the first three years of your life means that you missed out on that very important developmental bonding stage to the masculine. So it's not surprising at all to me that you've had these kind of relationships because your wounded inner child has been picking these men, not your grown up woman. And that's actually good news because it doesn't see a lot of times when a woman is in this pattern and frustrating with dating and I'll get to the age thing because I'm going to relieve your worry about that. But when you, we've had this bad dating, we start to make conclusions like, well, dating is just awful and men suck and everybody's noncommittal. And we can go into some limiting beliefs about men in general. Are you with me? Yeah, definitely done it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And some of them may still be running and you have a lot of evidence that says that based on these relationships. I can't count on a man 
they're noncommittal, they have tempers, whatever. And you have a lot of evidence to back that up. Whatever our parent did, we tend to generalize. So we tend to think that all men are like our father because he was the primary male role model in our life, even if he wasn't there. The dad figure is the very first important man in our life, obviously. So there's a familiarity with these men who are like him. And there's that little girl who never felt loved by him that's looking for dad in these men that she's dating and hopes that someday she'll get what she didn't get from dad from these men. But that totally goes yeah. against what grown up you wants, the healthy part of you wants. And it's not that the little girl's unhealthy, she's just wounded. But the, the grown up part of Is you. Is that a subconscious thing? Yes. Sorry, I didn't know because I like growing up, I never thought, oh, my dad doesn't love me. It was more just like, well, I'm kind of scared of my dad. I'm scared to talk to him. I'm scared to approach him. Things like that. Cause he was always so like impatient and angry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that becomes, there was a program that got put into place when you were very young that went something like, I'm scared of men. I can't really speak up. I don't know what to do. They're not consistent or trusted. We could go on and on. And so there is this unconscious one fear that all men will be like that. And two, this part of you that's looking for dad to finally love you. And so even, you know, you don't want to marry your dad or date your dad. Now he's transitioned. So that part is going to look for men like him because we always want what we didn't get from our parents and we look for it in other people until we give it to ourselves. Which brings me to my next question, which is what is your relationship like with yourself? That's a good question. <laughs> well, it's funny because I don't know. I've never had so much insecurity in this relationship. Like I just never felt good enough for him. I never like felt like I was loved. And I feel like before that, I thought I had a pretty good self-esteem. Like when I think about like all my good qualities, I'm like, you know, I'm a freaking catch. And that's why it's so frustrating that I'm in this position. Well, um, but I want to know what your relationship like is with yourself. How mm -hmm. are you to yourself? What's your self-talk like? How do you motivate yourself? How do you nurture yourself? How do you make yourself feel safe? Do you compare yourself to other people? Um, I do think I put a lot of pressure on myself for sure. Personally, professionally, in terms of how I talk to myself. Yeah, I guess I, I put a ton of pressure on myself. Mm -hmm. I always want to do better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you see how you're running that not enough pattern within yourself? We don't put mm -hmm. pressure on ourselves unless we feel like we're not enough. Mm. So wow. of, of course you're going to feel not enough in relationships. It's just a mirror of what's going on inside of you. Can you see wow, that? That's powerful. Yeah. Well, it's like, and now I'm afraid that it's going to continue because I think that this whole like, oh, I'm 40, never been married. See, it feels embarrassing. You know, like I get these people online, like, well, what's, you know, why haven't you been married? And will you at least been engaged or has someone even asked you? <laughs> and it's just like, I feel like I have to defend myself. Mm. Mm. What would be your answer to that? I mean, for me, I mean, before at least this call, just like I haven't found the right person. Yeah. And you know, what's really interesting about that is when I was online dating and on the apps and things like that, 
No one ever asked me that question. And the reason was I didn't have a judgment on it inside myself. And I had been married and divorced or whatever, but I didn't have shame around being divorced. You could, we could go either way. You can have shame around never being married. You can have shame around being divorced. <laughs> like this, whatever our, our yeah. issue is, is going to show up. You're being asked these questions, Jessica, because you have an insecurity about it. If you really got to the place yeah. that you really owned that, thank God you haven't been engaged to the wrong person. Thank God you didn't marry your father because you would have been divorced by now or miserable. You'd be calling in with a different question. You'd be like, I'm married to this person. I love him. I don't want to leave. We have a two-year-old, but he's emotionally a little unavailable. He has a temper. I don't know where I stand with him. You could have gotten married. Yep, you could have. But I guarantee you it would have been to somebody like your father. So, wow, that's scary. <laughs> right, because I want to yeah. scare you out of this massive judgment you have around being 40, which P.S. is not old, especially in today's day. And never been married. It's like you're wearing a big scarlet letter. And that yeah. that self-judgment and that not enoughness thinking, it's gonna, it's gonna come back at you where you're not gonna feel like enough in relationship and you're gonna be asked questions that feel like people are judging you because you judge yourself all the time. Yeah. And that I get it. True. I get why you do. Whenever we grow up with one parent at least one parent who's emotionally aloof. We don't know where we stand with them. There's a part of us that feels like something's wrong with us because as a child, we believe our parents are supposed to love us unconditionally. And when one or more is not there, it really messes with us, our mind and consequently our dating. So I'm saying all oh. this to you, and I know you know a lot of this because you've done work, but you've got to have a little more compassion and understanding for yourself. Because if you come at this I really want to get married and have my dreams come true from this place of massive self-judgment and like you've done something wrong. It's You're just going to continue to kind of be where you are versus really going, wow, I'm doing pretty great. Like look at everything that I've done. Look at the relationship as I have had where I've learned a lot. Look at what I've done for myself personally and professionally. I've done a lot given that a big developmental part of my life was missing. You don't give yourself enough credit. How can you expect a man to see you when you don't see you? Wow. That is really powerful. I never thought of it that way after all the work that I've done. <laughs> you know? Well, it's I think... a different way of looking at it. Yeah, I think you're doing a lot of work on trying to solve the problem versus really accepting why there is a problem and having mass massive compassion and also having gratitude that you didn't get into a marriage or having a child with any of these men that weren't really drawn in from your healthiest place. Yeah. So That's true. from my point of view, what there is to do, and I'm so glad that you're in Be the Queen because we'll help you with this, is really, really, really be a better partner to you. And I don't mean do your yoga and drink green juice and, you know, write your gratitude journal. That's all great, but it's how you are inside yourself. You've got to notice when that pressure comes up or when that judger comes up and first of all, have so much, you know, acceptance and compassion for it because it's the part of you, you are constantly chasing your dad's approval and love or even attention. You would have settled for crumbs from him. And with the True. temper, True. Yeah. <laughs> yep. which is why you settle in relationships. And with his temper, you probably walked on eggshells too. 
So you've had this lifetime of who do I need to be? And because you felt so unlovable, your little brain, I don't mean little as in you're not intelligent, little as in you're like a little girl brain. That little girl brain thought, well, well, maybe if I'm just more, then he'll love me. So you've adopted this, well, if I put pressure on myself, then maybe I'll be loved. So as the years have gone by and the more and more that you've wanted a love and relationship, the pressure, the ante's gone up because you have a connection between, well, if I'm just better, then maybe I'll be loved. So each year the bar is raised in terms of who you need to be. Well, yeah. And like the last relationship, I felt like that the entire time. Well, if I do this, if I'm perfect, then he'll, you know, he'll come around. And I was so good to him and gave everything to him. And how could he not love me? I'm all these things. Right. But in all that, you lost yourself. Yeah. And I felt like the age pressure, you know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, yeah, because I'm this age, I have to be perfect or he's not going to love me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wouldn't it be amazing if you were like, wow, he must be so grateful that I'm this age because I have so much wisdom. I'm not as immature. I can talk out things and I know what I want. Yeah. I like that way of looking at it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, honestly, that's more the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone told me when I was after my divorce and, you know, after many years had gone by and I was towards my very later thirties. And people would say, well, you're going to need to be with a man in his fifties because no man's going to want a woman who isn't under 35. And for a while I believed (laughs) things like that. And then, and then I noticed I was having thoughts like you're currently having about Mm -hmm. the, the timeline and the age pressure. And I started to remind myself of all the women who met the loves of their lives later in life and still had children. And I started thinking about how age is just a number. And I started thinking about like what I was like to be in a relationship when I was 31 versus having more wisdom and how much healthier I was. And I just created a different picture in my mind and ended up with someone five years younger than me. So it's such an inner shift and it's the way you're relating to the number way more than it is the number. Yeah. And if you want to keep yourself fertile The biggest thing you can do, well, I don't want to say the biggest because I can't make that proclamation, but one of the most important things you can do is decrease your stress level, which ties into the putting pressure on yourself. There's no reason in the world that you can't have everything that you want. There's no reason. However, what I've noticed about the way life works is that when our soul really, really wants to heal something and really, really wants to learn something, it will postpone, not block, but postpone what we think will be the answer to a wound or a longing until we find that answer within ourselves. So there's a part of you that thinks once you get married and have your family, you will basically have the childhood you never had, but always wanted. You will feel loved. You will feel safe. You will feel like you matter. You will feel enough. And on a soul level, that part of you wants you to feel that 
on your own first and then experience all the amazingness of the family and marriage as well. But do you see what I mean about how sometimes certain things are postponed when we think they will be the solution to some of our deepest wounds? But when we find that solution and that healing inside ourselves, then our dreams usually show up. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I know that this is like, you know, I've known this about my relationship with my dad for years, but yeah, I never really felt like it healed and I really didn't know how to heal it. So I guess it's maybe through experiences that you heal, right? Or is there something else? Well, all these triggering relationships have helped, but it's really the inner work. So it's, like I said, I'm glad you're in Be the Queen because we'll do some of the work there, but it's going back and working with that little girl and letting her feel her feelings she never got to feel and talking to her and letting her know that she is lovable and she didn't do anything wrong. And a big part for you is easing up on the pressure as well. Because as long as you put pressure on yourself, you're running that program that in order to be loved, I have to be more. Right. Or in order to be loved, I have to be married, right? Right. <laughs> married with a family. In order yeah. to be enough. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's interesting. You're thinking your worthiness is going to come from that, which is also massively impacting your dating because energetically you're broadcasting, I'm not enough because I'm not married, but I really want to be married. So will you marry me? Well, and I know that my biggest insecurity is my age too. Like if I was 30 and doing this, it'd be a different thing. But now that I'm out in the dating world of 40, it just feels a lot different. Because of what you make up in your mind. Yeah. Not because it truly is. It's different in the sense that you're older and wiser. Yeah. How, when you were, you know, calling in your one, like how, how did you stay patient? Uh, you know, the dating world can be pretty hard sometimes mm-hmm. with the people that you meet. And I think also I have a hard time with, I don't really like most people that I see, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that's just normal or if I just, you know, need to like, in, you know, just stay with my intuition or give people more of a chance. How did you kind of navigate that? Well, the biggest thing that I continued to do all through my single years was my own inner work. I always had coaches. I always had healers. I was always cleaning out old limiting beliefs, old wounds, old emotions, old patternings, old relationships. I had a lot to clean out of my closet when it came to exes before I met Steph. And I really became a great partner to myself. Everything that I wanted from a partner, I started giving to myself. And that's what helped me not feel alone. There were times I felt lonely, of course, That's what helped me not feel frustrated all the time. But of course, there were times that I did. And that's what helped me not lose hope as well. But I just knew that the more I continued to focus on me and loving myself and being a great partner to myself and enjoying my life rather than focusing on what I didn't have, the more peaceful it was. Maybe you've heard me say the best way to get what you want is not to want it. That really applies here because you keep focusing on the lack and that just reinforces more of the lack. You can have the longing. You can have your heart longing of really, because longing is one of those, oh, this, I'm so excited for this too. Whenever it materializes, I'm, I, I'm 
so excited to be in a relationship and I'm so excited to learn and grow in that way, but not have the suffering. Your suffering's coming from what you're making it mean. And because from my perspective, your relationship with yourself isn't super great. Yeah. Definitely see that. So that's what you do have control over. You don't have control over when this man is going to come into your life, but you do have control over what kind of woman you want to be to yourself. And honestly, the better partner you are to yourself, the better relationship you draw in because you're also going to attract someone that's a good partner to themselves, which means that he's done some self-work. And the better we are to ourselves, the better we can be to others from a healthy place, not from a codependent place, not from an old wounding place, not from the place of who do you need, who do I need to be to make you love me, but more from a place of I love myself and I love you. Right. I think it's getting over the exes too, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, this last relationship, it's only been four months and it was pretty hard for me. So I think I have a lot more processing to get that out of my system too. What's been the hardest part? I think not that it was like sudden, but because I was unhappy for, you know, probably like the last, I think it was like the last three months. Cause like three months before it was like, you're my person, you're my one, you're everything. And then it kind of just changed after that, where he started having all this anxiety, talking about his family problems, work problems, depression, going on medication. And every time I would ask him, you know, is it about us? Is it anything with us? Because they're like, why don't you share with me? He'd always be like, no, it's all my own stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, after my birthday weekend, it was like, I don't feel the same way about you anymore. I don't know why. I just don't, you know, I don't love you anymore. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Do you ever pray? No. I don't know, but I probably should. Do you ever write down your intentions or what you want in a relationship? Absolutely. What do you write down? Give me some examples. Humor is big for me. Like I just want to laugh with my partner and be funny and joke around. Yeah. What else? You can kind of just give me a list. You don't have to explain each one. Um, humor, intimacy, I'm super affectionate. So mm-hmm. I want like a ton of affection and love in that area. Um, communication, adventure, like travel and fun and, um, being active together. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the biggest things I think. Those are the main ones you write down, humor, intimacy, communication, and adventure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you ever wrote down, um, growth or someone who's committed to doing his work? I haven't, but now after with the last two people I was with, I think probably pretty important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me see if I can help you with this last breakup. You have been communicating to the universe through writing down what you want and through your feelings. Cause there's, there's the, you know, stuff from our unconscious and our wounding that we're broadcasting, but there's also our deepest desires that we're broadcasting and trust the universe got the message. So on some level, energetically universe, hears what you want really sees this guy isn't a fit energetically. 
also know is that you're at the place where you haven't really worked out your wounding with your dad. So you're not likely to be the one that will leave because you're still chasing after dad's love. So the universe has basically pressed the eject button on relationships that weren't for you. And you've taken that personally and like what that could have been the one and what did I do wrong versus really seeing it as, oh, well, that clearly wasn't the one for me. Thank God it ended. Yeah, true. The, the issue is not your last breakup. The issue is dad. If you're focusing on the last breakup, you're missing the gold. Mm. So my encouragement would be to do the inner work, even use expectation hangover. My last book, it would be great to do before the course starts and use this last relationship as a, as a trigger into the memory of dad stuff. But the dad stuff is where it's at. This guy was just not your guy. And thank God all that stuff came up for him. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that for sure. And the other thing is that's another key or clue you drawing in somebody who's all his family stuff and stuff from his past is coming up is a massive clue to you as to this is what you need to work on too. Mm. Yeah. He was just more aware of his stuff coming up where you were more focused on him. Unfortunately, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. So use the pain of this last breakup to get to the real pain here, which is the pain with dad. That's where the healing is going to happen. And that's where the shifts are going to start to happen. That coupled with you being way, way more loving and gentle and accepting and compassionate with yourself. Got it. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like I should have started on it a long time ago, (laughs) but everyone has their own journey, right? Everyone has their own journey. And I really encourage you to let go of the age thing. Yeah. No, this has been super helpful. I can see. Yeah. I feel like I'm already seeing differently. So good. Good. Just you've got a direction. Stop looking for the guy. Look within, look at yourself. So glad you're in Be the Queen. We'll, we'll, we'll take this even further. And just trust, just like the universe has taken care of you by pressing the eject button on a lot of these guys, trust it will take care of you and bringing in the most aligned person as well. Yeah, I can feel that. Thank Beautiful. You. Me too. My pleasure. Yay. Glad this helps <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited for the course too. Can't wait. So thank you, Jessica, for being so coachable and so vulnerable and so willing to change your perspective on your current reality that in the beginning of the call, you said was so hard to accept. So Jessica, in the beginning, asked me how I stayed motivated right off the bat, but this call wasn't about helping her stay motivated. It was really starting to unravel why she was having the struggle she was having and consequently why she's not at peace with her current situation. When I asked about her past or why she thought she was having this trouble, she talked about her 
sucky relationships. And she says she's done a lot of work, but she only went back to talk about the men she's dated, which indicated to me she hadn't yet dug quite deep enough or went back far enough to the core issues. Now, I know all y'all listeners must think I'm pretty predictable. I always trace it back to the past. Not always, but a lot of times I do. Why? Well, because that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. And I'm not the kind of coach that just likes to treat symptoms. You wouldn't want to go to a doctor if you were having constant weight gain and you were dieting and exercising and they were just treating the symptoms by changing your diet and making you exercise more. You want to get to the root of what is behind that constant weight gain. What is the underneath core issue? Is it your thyroid? Is it your gut? Is it unprocessed trauma? You want to get to the core and that's how it works with our mental emotional state as well. So when I directly asked Jessica about her past and she shared about her impatient, angry dad, who was also MIA from birth to about three, and that fact that she felt like a scared little girl until the day he passed away, then the dots started connecting. You know, she even said her ex-boyfriend was like her dad. And I want to highlight something I shared with Jessica that I learned from Greg Braden, that so much of our adult life, we're looking for what was lost, given away, or taken away in our childhood. And as you heard me go over everything Jessica lost, was taken away or given away, a lot of it had to do with her father. And the healing opportunity here is for her and all of you listening to give herself what she didn't get from him instead of looking for it in a partner. I want to highlight a few things that I said to Jessica, especially for all the single ladies. So consistently unfulfilling relationships, bad experiences dating can lead to some nasty beliefs when we're still single at a certain age, or we go on bad date after bad date, or we keep attracting emotionally unavailable men. We can make up stories like, well, the city I live in doesn't have any men. All men suck. No one wants commitment. It must be my age, so on and so forth. But that is not the truth. Our external reality is often a mirror of our internal experience. Now, I'm sure there's some caveats to that. If you're hanging out in a Manhattan club or a happy hour bar, and that's the only place you're expecting to meet men, probably not the most ideal place to meet a commitment-ready, marriage-minded man. So there is that caveat that the places we're looking may not be right. But when we're making these blanket statements about all men are a certain way, or I can't, I, I'm not in a relationship because X, Y, Z, and we're blaming it on something external, we need to have a reality check and ask ourselves, why is this my situation? What from my past have I not healed that's still being revealed to me externally? I also want to highlight whatever you're self-conscious about will be highlighted by others. So the example is she's asked a lot, why haven't you been married? Why haven't you been engaged? The reason she's asked that so much is because she has a self-consciousness about it. When she stops being self-conscious about it, then people will stop asking. I'll share another story from my life. I always used to be asked, why are you still single? Why aren't you dating anyone? I can't believe you're still single. Because I had an insecurity about it. I thought that I had a scarlet letter on my chest because I was single for so many years after my divorce. But when I came to peace with it, when I really accepted and enjoyed my single status, then you know what? People didn't ask me. A lot of times people just assumed I was in a relationship because I was so happy. Another thing, Jessica always puts pressure on herself. And I said to her, we don't put pressure on ourselves unless we feel not enough. 
So she had this pattern running with her dad that she wasn't enough and she was always trying to get his love. So she always had to be more, 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 and has a standard of perfection. So that's showing up in relationship too, is that she just thinks she's not enough. And that keeps being mirrored in getting quote unquote rejected. I want everyone listening, no matter what the issue is that you're trying to overcome, to please give yourself credit for how far you've come. We all look too much at how far we need to go or want to go versus acknowledging ourselves for how far we've come. How can you expect a man to see you, a boss to see you, the world to see you, if you really don't see and love yourself? So I really encourage Jessica to be relieved it didn't work out with all the other ones. I posted a quote card the day after my wedding that said, someday you'll meet someone who makes you understand why it didn't work out with anyone else. I don't think I got the words exactly right, but you get the gist. And that's so true. I can think of all the heartbreak I had and guys I was obsessed about and being sad when they'd break up with me or it didn't work out. And I look back on every single one of them and go, phew, thank God I didn't stay in that any longer. Or thank God he pressed the eject button. Honestly, when it comes to male-female relationships, I think men are often better at pressing the eject button when things aren't aligned. We women, we tend to stay in situations a little longer because we think that we can just adapt and change them. Mm -mm. Let's be relieved things didn't work out. And also have compassion with yourself. Instead of trying to keep solving the problem or fix yourself, really understand what the core issue is and have massive, massive, massive compassion for yourself. And please let the timelines and age pressure go because it does not help. There's nothing good that comes from that. It's just part of the totally messed up way we relate to age in our culture. Be grateful that you have more years of wisdom. There's no reason you can't have what you want, but it's often postponed until you get to a place internally where you don't feel like you need it to be worthy, safe, or loved. We've always got to find that inside ourselves first. I shared some of what I did to call in my marriage, and I share way more of it in the Be The Queen program. So again, if you want to apply for that, we have four spots left. Go to christinehassler.com slash be the queen. All right, takeaways for you. Well, apply for be the queen. Find that core wound that really is dictating why you're having the consistent reoccurring experiences that you're having. Expectation hangover can help with that. Also, my personal mastery course can help with that. Be clear about what you want, not just in relationships, but in life in general, and then surrender. Let it go. And this is a good one. Make a list of all the BS limiting beliefs you have about your current love life and reframe them so you stop attracting more of what you don't want with your limiting beliefs. And finally, look within instead of looking for someone out there to make you feel better. Sending you so much love and many blessings, everybody. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.